Yeah, I had to um, erase one of those segments that I just did because I didn't like the fact that it was trying to merge it with another segment. So I'm going to just start over. And like I said, um, some of you guys might see some of the segments like it, it might skip. It might say this is segment like um, because the last one should have been this actually should be segment 11. But when I was doing segment 10, I accidentally when I typed it in, typed in the wrong segment. But then when I went back to edit it. It shows it in the library as being segment 10, but it shows to you guys as being segment 11. You see what I'm saying? So no segment got skipped. It's just that when I um, finished doing the podcast, when I named it, I actually went one segment more than I should have. But I tried to correct it. I don't know how to do it on this platform yet. It shows it in the um, archives as being segment 10 on my end, but it shows it on your end as segment 11. So this is actually going to be segment 12. So I'm going to just start over because, like I said, I had to from the last post. So after I finished teaming with Derek, man, y'all already know the situation. He went over to JB Hunt. Um, I told him for the purposes of making sure that you get hired there, you I'm going to just drive. Um, we're just going to pretend like you're in the truck with me. Because dispatch rarely called us because they kind of gave us a dedicated load. Like we would leave from Virginia, go back down to the L.A., come back up to Virginia, go back, come back. Then we go over to Illinois. It's like a circle that they gave us. So I kind of already we already knew how they how they kind of ran. And like I told you all, you know, you got to be careful when you go over to some of these companies, because when you're getting pre-hired over the phone with, a, um, with one of these recruiters, all they do is just take general information. They're not running anything because they have to wait till you get there before they put money because they have to pay. If they're using DAC, they have to pay for that. If they're running your DMV, they have to pay for this. So they want to make sure that you get there before they really start running anything. And this is where people run into problems because I've seen it in, in orientation where people will lie on their application to get over there. And they're coming from a different state thinking that they're going to get pushed in or either something wasn't discussed with the um, recruiter and then as soon as you get there in the third day of orientation they come calling you up talking about they can't hire you because they can't validate this or find this out remember what happened to me like i told y'all before i even went to the gold truck when i went back to salt lake city and they couldn't they didn't know who to believe because of what h&r put on that um dac report so they just like we can't hire you because we don't know if this is true or not so that's why i, I, I agreed to do that with Derek. i just said just give me your com data card and I'm going to just take out the rest that they would have gave you. You just get in advance now like you always do before we leave anyway. And then the rest, I'll get out of your com data card. He gave me his code number and I just used that. So actually, after I went down to L.A., I stayed there because usually the load be ready like the next day over when I got there. Um, I stayed there, was doing two log books, which is kind of hard trying to do his plus mine. And just like I knew, they gave me the load going back up there. So as I was going back up there, I was talking to him. I think that was like on his uh, third day. And then it took me another day and a half to get back down there. He told me everything was cool. He was hired. So I said, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to call dispatch. When I get up here to the drop yard, I'm going to tell them that you just changed your mind and that you just want to, you got hired somewhere else and that you're just going to leave. And so that's what I did. I called dispatch and told them that, you know, like, you know, he just decided that he didn't want to do teams anymore and he just left. Um, and they they probably going to be like, damn, well, his girl drove all the way down there to come pick him up. But it is what it is because people do that shit all the time. You get into it with your co-driver, you get into fist fights on the side of the road. Motherfucker get left there and they have to find their way home. But I made it seem like me and him didn't get into it. He was just automatically 
you know, put in an application with somebody else and it worked out and he left. Now, this is what happened. While I was up there, you know, the, the dispatch was kind of bitching like I told you so. So now we got to find you back home because you're actually out of California. So what happened was, like I said, by no way am I trying to be racist or anything about what I'm getting ready to say with the next guy. There was there was another guy that was there that they wanted to um, team me with. I don't know if they was trying to make this permanent or whatever the case may be, or if it was just going back down to California, but it was an Asian guy. He barely kind of spoke English. So, you know, we was kind of talking this and that. He put his bags in the truck. And so I could tell like he had just started driving. Like he wasn't somebody that probably had even been out there for probably six months. And there's a reason why you're sitting at the, at the, um, at the VA, at the Virginia, um, drop yard over there. Maybe somebody put you out of the truck, whatever the situation is, but dispatch is not going to tell you what the fuck happened. So what I did was I let him drive first and I sat up with him for about like an hour and a half just watching him drive. And I was already tired as fuck from driving, which Derek, um, part of the road, like, you know, I needed to catch up on some sleep. So I went to the back, got some sleep, probably within my third hour, the truck just like slammed on his brake. It almost threw me out of the sleeper. He was just jumping out the truck saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. As he was running down to like at the end of the, cause what, what happened was he got off on the on-ramp and this was snowing back then. It was, I want to say it was around about like probably coming out of December, January area. Like I said, I'm just guessing those months because y'all got to remember, man, this was like over 20 years ago that this happened. So when you're getting off on these on-ramps, man, and it's snowing in, in some of these states, you got to be careful because a lot of these on-ramps, they be snowed up and it be like black ice on them. And I know y'all seen them if y'all been out there before. It just be a lot of snow because that snow plow will come plow all that snow off that on-ramp. And you just got to be careful when you're getting off the um, on-ramp. You probably got to do like 15 miles an hour. Because what happened with this guy was when he got off the on-ramp, there was a little Honda Accord in front of him and the truck just froze up. And I guess... The front of our bumper just hit the, the back of that Honda, made it spin. It didn't um, flip the car over or anything like that, but he hit the car like the side of the corner panel, I guess. And um, the car started spinning. He got out and was trying to speak English to this guy. And so I must have saw what was happening. I put on my um, my sweats and my shirt, got out, asked if, if everybody was all right. I pulled the guy to the side and explained to him what was happening. Like, this is a team-oriented or oriented company I'm with. Um, you know, the brakes must have froze up and then slammed to the back of your thing. So what I did was I called dispatch, and I went and got the binder up front, and we exchanged infra information with the insurance and got everything going. And I must have told dispatch right then and there, I said, uh, like, y'all know when we get back to Fontana, like, I'm not going to be teaming with this guy. And I hated to say that because things happen. It probably was due to the weather. But the general rule is with anybody's like anytime an accident happened, this and that, you have to kind of depart from your ways unless you came on with that guy and y'all team together like y'all was roommates and y'all decided it's more than likely it's, it's in your best interest to go your own way because a lot of times that stuff follows you on the truck. They keep track of how many accidents was happening with that truck being assigned. And now my truck has an accident already assigned to it. And so that makes dispatch look at the teams like if they want to even put you on a certain run, if they got a good run going out because you got an accident assigned to it. So now you might get bypassed because of that. So that's generally what happened. 
uh, I kind of consoled the dude like he was kind of like looked like he was starting to cry and all the rest of this shit. And I said, look, man, this is your first incident. Don't worry about it. This and that. I doubt if this company is going to let you go for that. They know that it's snowing out here. Shit happens. So once we got back to Fontana, that was it. I guess the con I guess the um, dispatch contacted him, told him to get his stuff out and he's going to go to that lounge area. And wait for somebody else to come pick them up. Because they had a lounge area in there in Fontana. Like where you just go in there and watch movies and wait for co-drivers to come pick you up. Or either you go out with um, somebody that you're going to team with. And I remember when I was with Derek. There was this one guy, man, that was always seeming like he was there. Every time we would come to the yard. Because like I said, every time we would get back, it would take about like probably the next day over. Or sometimes the, the trailer would already be preloaded and ready to go back up there to drop it off. But sometimes we would have to wait like... Seven to eight hours for the guy to come down from wherever he was bringing the trailer from, from us to hook up, and we would go in that lounge area or just go somewhere, you know, bobtailing around LA. But it was always this one guy that was always sitting in there, and basically he would go out with somebody, wouldn't get along, it would wind up back in that thing. And I'd be like, damn, man, you still here waiting for somebody? Not knowing that he already went out with somebody and already came back. That's why I try to tell you guys, like, this team shit, man. It's, it's better for me, and I'm just speaking generally. The only reason why I said I did that from the get-go was because when I first came from H&R, it was hard for me to like learn north, east, west, south because, like I said, I had never been truck driving. That's what y'all have to realize. My whole goal, once again, was to go to that school in Salt Lake City to get a commercial um, driver's license so I could come back and try to get on with Pepsi, Coke, 7-Up or somebody down in LA driving the B-Class, not the A-Class, the B-Class. But in order to get that, you have to take those tests to get that type of endorsement for that. Because there is no such thing as just you just going in there to do a B-Class. You're going to have to bump up to that A-Class in order to qualify for that. I don't know what they're doing in the DMVs now, but back then when I got my license, that's what it was. I just couldn't take that endorsement for that. I had to get that Class A in order to drive that. So... That's basically what wound up happening, man. Um, once I um, got back to the yard, I cut that guy loose. He got all this stuff out the truck. And so then when I was in the lounge area, there was this other guy that I was talking to. His name was Andre. And this guy had already, he was already from California. I believe he lived out in Colton and I stayed down in LA. So he was, we was roughly about the same age. I think he was like a year younger than me. So we started talking this and that, asking what's our habits, this and that. So I called the dispatch and I told them that I'm probably going to go out with this guy. And so we agreed to go out. And so I'm going to go ahead on to the next segment and finish it up there. And that this next segment should finish it up how I left um, the gold company and went on to another company. And like I said, y'all already know the gold company. I'll give y'all a hint. The first initial start with a big C on it. Y'all know exactly who I'm talking about. But like I said, once again, let me stress this to, to y'all. Teaming is one thing that you have to be really certain if what you want to do. Because like I said, you know, you get with certain people that have certain habits. Just by you interviewing somebody for about an hour and y'all talking converse doesn't mean exactly when you get on the truck that that's how it's going to be. Because you're going to start to see stuff in them. They're going to start to see stuff in you. And you're going to see stuff that you just don't dislike. Like I stated to y'all before from the beginning it kind of worked out with me and Derek because our personalities was alike you know what I'm saying even though he was from New York and I was from Cali we both still had the same general ideas we like doing the same thing listen to the same music you know was was basically doing the same thing man so 
The only difference is, like I said, the goals was for both of us is that we was just basically coming into this just to get enough experience so we could go do something solo. And by him having a kid and being from New York, he wanted to just basically just do some local work and go home every day just as well as I did. So like I said, I'm going to finish that up right here and I'm going to come back with another segment. Uh, and that should probably be the last segment finishing up the um, teaming part of this aspect. All right.